Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on Rock Metal Podcast, we have Dying Wish, and they have a new album called Fragments of a Bitter Memory. This is released on October 1st via Sharp Tone Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Emma to share some more information about this stellar release and what they've got going on and all the sweet, beautiful news, other than the bitter part. But that's the counter to the bitter is the sweet. you got to have all, all of them in there. A little savory. Savory. That's right. <laughs> a little umami. Uh, sweet. So, Emma, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you on. Super excited and stoked, uh, I'll be honest, for this interview because I dig your guys' stuff. I like what I've heard so far. I like, you know, what's going on. So, um, I guess kind of like an off cuff. I have not really a question, but every now and again, a band comes out where I'm like, whoa, I'm almost kind of floored. Um. What went into crafting this record, and with that, I guess, tangentially, you can go on a tangent, um, everything that we're seeing so far, such as the music videos, but I can always ask those a little bit later. My first question, really, though, is what went into crafting Fragments of a Bitter Memory? Well, we have been a band since 2018. Um, In the first couple years, you know, we put out a demo and a split with a band from um, Alberta called Serration. And, you know, we kind of were still trying to, like, figure out our sound and, um, you know, navigate who exactly we wanted to be. Um, But this record, you know, there was quite a bit of hype um, around the songs that we had out. um, And especially because of my feature on the um, last Knocked Loose record. Um, So expectations were pretty high, but I feel like our expectations for ourselves were the highest. Um, So really what how this record came to fruition was all of us, um, you know, really deciding what our mission was as a band, what kind of sound we wanted and putting all of our best parts of ourselves and what we wanted this band to be onto the record. Yeah. Follow up to that, which is kind of a crazy question, but how do you do that? You just like have a sit down session and you grab everybody and say, we got to unify our vision or like, how does that work? We, I mean, I think it just happens really naturally with us. Um, you know, we just uh, would spend a lot of time together on the road or, you know, like here in, at home because we all live in Portland and um, just kind of talking about um, collectively like what we would want the record to sound like and who our influences were and, um, you know, what kind of elements we wanted to bring. So I would say it just happened pretty naturally. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, all of the effort and the time and dedication that we were willing to put into it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The pandemic definitely helped with that as well. It helped. Okay. So it was a blessing in disguise. Tell us about that. Did it just give you guys more time without any pressure to hit the road to work on a, a record? Absolutely. Um, you know, and it, you know, I'd, I'd hate to think that maybe the pandemic did stunt our growth or anyone else's for that matter. Um, but uh, I think that it really gave us an opportunity to, kind of like slow down, pause, um, you know, focus 100% on the record and, you know, not on a touring cycle or, um, you know, anything else going on that, uh, you know, the pandemic put, you know, a pause to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You mentioned, uh, doing some stuff with knocked loose. Uh, how did that happen? And I'm just, I wrote down a producer that they've worked with, uh, Will Putney. I was curious if you guys ended up working at all with Will. Um, we did not work 
with Will. However, we worked with Randy LaBeouf, who um, is he works with Will in the same studio. So um, kind of the same same world. Um, but yeah, that, that whole thing also just came about very naturally. Um, Noxalus is really great in the way that they, you know, understand that they have a reach, um, to kind of like this outside world that isn't exactly like a small local hardcore scene. So, you know, when they do their tours, they kind of like hand select local support as far as people who they think are representing their local scene the best respectively. And they chose us, um, <clears throat> which was for Portland, which was great. And I want to say this was like early 2019 or like late 2018. And, um, we played the show with them. And then, um, you know, from there, I think it just kind of, um, happened that, you know, naturally just like becoming friends with them on the internet or whatever. And then they, Brian just hit me up one day and asked me if I wanted to do, um, a feature. And obviously, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew friends on the internet? As soon as you said that, I was like, Ugh, friends on the internet. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's an interesting concept. You know, just people that you're associated <laughs> with and within a music scene that you don't necessarily see on a regular basis because you live in different parts of the world, you know? Yeah, the internet. Has it brought us mm-hmm. together? Has it torn us apart? Who knows? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> it's, very, it's a very complex issue. Yes, it is. Working yeah. on Scientists somewhere are working on the answer to that very question. Should we keep knowledge away from the uh, the layman once again? Who knows? Right. Let's chat about a couple of these tracks that have uh, come out as singles from the record, complete with stunning music videos. We've got Innate Thirst and Until Morning Comes. And akin to these, lyrically, is there a theme to this record? There is not um, a super specific theme. However, um, there is a lot of suffering and uncertainty happening in the world right now, and especially when we wrote this record. Um, so the record kind of is about all of these different issues that kind of do intersectionally deal with each other because of, you know, the socio-political economic climate that we're living in, um, you know, like uh, addiction and trauma and mental health and um, policing and violence and all of these things, um, you know, they are interacting with each other because of the state of the world that we live in today. But, um, I wouldn't say that it's, nece- it's not necessarily a concept, um, but it all just kind of falls together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then this record is pretty fresh in that it, I don't want to call it a pandemic record, but like it's the events Especially coming from the news, because coming from... Oh, you mentioned Alberta earlier. I'm in Alberta. Mm-hmm. I mean, Portland looked great. Yeah, shout out. Portland looked crazy last year. Yes. Um, I mean, I think that there was a lot of negativity in the media about Portland, um, because we have a pretty um, big anti-fascist community, and you know, there's a lot of anarchists here and stuff like that, so I feel like that was a focal point and kind of erased a lot of the really positive things that are happening here, like our mutual aid and um, the growing community aspect that we have here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was very intense, um, and it's it's still happening now to this day, so. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I made those two connection points in my mind when I saw the first bit of Dying Wish coming out. I was like, oh, Portland. Oh, they're angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure are. <Yeah. laughs> hey, no doubt about that. They got some stuff going on there. That's cool. Innate Thirst. 
I guess my question is kind of a boring question, but maybe not. What is this track about, Innate Thirst? And take us through the video, too, as well. Um, so Innate Thirst is kind of written about uh, virtue signaling and people who um, kind of co-opt movements for their own personal gain, um, which is something that we see a lot here in Portland, um, or, you know, especially last year as uh, these uprisings were happening and people taking advantage of these platforms that they could p- potentially have to either make money or make a name for themselves or whatever. So um, it's kind of about that. And the video, um, I mean, this was just like a very basic, you know, we did it in, I think, April of last year. So it was, we were like lockdown, you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. lockdown as it got. Um, so it's just a performance video. And then the narrative is, um, you know, kind of this very beautiful vain girl, you know, um, and she creates this scene in which she, um, steps into this beautiful, uh, tub of water and then she poisons it. Um, so that was kind of the, you know, it's, it's very vague, but it also, uh, that's how it, you know, aligned Mm -hmm. with the story that we were trying to tell. Yeah, no, I get it. At least I think I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a in a world where so many people think that they have their own thing, how true is that when we all share the same water, the same air, the same sun, the same planet? I would say that we're sharing everything. And the concept of what is mine and what is yours is a very fragile human experience and an almost invention. Mm. That is deep. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's going to add that's some food for thought. I'm going to lay awake tonight <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I just thought that the other, somebody was like, hey, that's mine. I was like, all right. Did you want some of your oxygen back too? I'm sorry. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Wow. I know. Poisoning the water that we're all in just for your own personal gain. Hmm. Well, bit. you heard it here on the Rock Metal Podcast. Now, until morning comes, similar thing. What's this? What's this bad boy about or bad girl? What's this? What's this track about? And (laughs) (laughs) tickets to the video. Um, Until morning comes uh, was written in the studio, and that song um, actually had a friend tragically pass away, Um, and so that song is written about that. Um, However, it also happened um, the same week that Riley Gale from Power Trip had passed away. So, you know, combined with the pandemic and how death just like felt so present in my life and so many others, I just felt really like compelled to write a song about, you know, loss like that. Um, And then the music video um, is, uh, you know, this this guy and a girl, you know, friends or whatever, however you want to interpret it. And they're just like, you know, kind of like wandering around the forest. And then suddenly he disappears and she's chasing after him. And then she like stumbles upon his grave. And it's kind of just like one of those things where you don't know what you have until it's gone. Because um, that was kind of the realization I came to when I had lost my friend was like, you know, I didn't go to his wedding because I was on tour. And you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I felt guilty for not uh, being aware, um, of what our friendship was until he had passed. So, yeah, I got nothing. Well, other than condolences, obviously. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Otherwise, no deep thoughts on that one. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Well, we got it. You know, we got to level 
level the field here. Yeah, yin and yang. <laughs> you know, you got to have some ups and some downs, some valleys and some non-valleys. What are those things called? Peaks? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Sweet. All right. So today we have chatted about uh, loosely, anyway, not knocked loose, but loosely we chatted about knocked loose. We chatted about Will Putney, Randy LaBeouf. We chatted about uh, the album Fragments of a Bitter Memory, crafting it, deciding what it was going to sound like, look like, feel like, taste like. We got the sweet, we got the bitter, we got the umami. There's some other things in there somewhere. Sweet, bitter, umami. There's two more. Spicy and sour. Is that what Savory. it is? Savory. Savory. Mm-hmm. Savory. Okay. Whole palate. Yeah, the whole palate. And with you, Emma, we were able to get the whole palate. We completed the, the cycle. We chatted about... Wow. Yeah. Innate Thirst and the video. We chatted about Until Morning Comes and the video. Management said 20 minutes. We did it in like 16. Let's go. Boom. <laughs> we're pros. That's right. Go team. We're good yeah. at our jobs. <laughs> Sweet. Now, we do have a couple minutes. Is there anything I missed that you wanted to chat about that I didn't ask? Anything you want to get out there? Um... Well, our record comes out on October 1st via Sharp Tone Records. It's Fragments of a Bitter Memory. Um, we're doing a tour cycle um, with Motionless and White and Silent Planet. And we're also doing a tour cycle with the Acacia Strain. Um, and, you know, you never know. Maybe we'll go to Canada next year. Ooh. Yeah. It's fabulous. I'll get myself on the list and I'll be backstage and I'll say hi. and we'll do Please. All- please yeah. do. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. If you're listening in on Spotify, Apple Music, you're watching on the website, rockmetalpodcast.ca, or on YouTube, down in the show notes below, you'll be able to check out today's uh, notes, which would be their website, dyingwishofficial.com, and the links for the two music videos that we chatted about, Innate Thirst and Until Morning Comes. Just as Emma said, record Fragments of a Bitter Memory, available on October 1st. So if you're listening to this interview, well, now, at the time of recording, not available, but by the time it's released, it'll probably be around that time. So head over to wherever you consume music and consume it. Please, for the love of God. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Emma, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Awesome. Thanks for having me.